0: Welcome to Center Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God and most likely all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. believe in a God who is big and on the move, yet I mourn deeply and often. I hope that Center Saint Sister is a place to denounce what is wrong in this world, yet announce hope at the same time. Sometimes that charge feels easy, as easy as appreciating a sunset. Sometimes that charge feels impossible. This episode about COVID-19 wasn't planned, but addressing it felt unavoidable, especially considering who I get to live with giving my husband the microphone, it felt like my civic duty. I hope that his words make us feel optimistic while at the same time moving us to action. Acknowledging tragedy and suffering and uncertainty while declaring hope? This topic is one of those times where holding uncertainty and hope in the same hand feels a little impossible. But Dr. Seth Sullivan's leadership helps. As I was praying about this episode, in the midst of my anxiety, the Lord brought an image to my mind. It was me in a panic on a boat in a storm, fighting fruitlessly against the wind, cold and wet, face in a grimace, trying desperately to get bucketfuls of water out of the boat that was sure to go under at any moment. And then the Lord directed my eyes to Jesus. Jesus reclined, his hands behind his head snoring in the back of the boat. And I still feel tempted to scramble. Like his disciples, I still feel it necessary to shake him awake and ask him what in the world he's doing. It's only with great discipline that I can remember my call to be like a child and curl up under his arm instead and hold on tight. This conversation is my attempt to hold on tight. This is my husband, Seth Sullivan. He's a Mayo-trained infectious disease specialist with a master's in public health and is currently leading our community as we endure COVID-19 together. He's the kind of doctors that leaders want around, that other doctors consult, and that nurses adore. He's the kind of husband that I never even knew to hope for. her friend. Hi. <laughs> Can I call you
1: mommy
0: on this? <laughs> it's that, that annoys people. It does. Like, it really annoys uh, people. You know, let's, not, let's not publicize. It annoys
1: really everybody.
0: Well, yeah. It annoys even people that like us. Does it annoy you? No I, no, I love it. I, well, I mean, I call you daddy. Anyways. It is weird. Dr. Sullivan. Hi there. <laughs> Sullivan. So good to have you on the show. I know better than anyone how busy you are. Really appreciate your time.
1: It takes a pandemic to, for you to invite me on your show, which is great. That's cool. <laughs> not that I'm like, you know.
0: Well, what I was sitting here thinking was it takes a pandemic for you to come on. So. What
1: is this, like your fifth season? So? First invite? Mm. I didn't have anything interesting to say before
0: a pandemic. <laughs> It's just I get to hear it all the time. That's all. Okay, so I tell you what is this crazy? This is these are unprecedented <laughs> times. Everyone is feeling their feelings about this, and I want to talk about it all. I want to talk about disease and illness. I want to talk about how you're handling your role in the spotlight right now. And really, you know, for all and you corrected me last night, and you've got me insecure. I I'm think tense y'all vicious. can. Intents and purposes. I know that it's not intensive purposes. I've read that. Yeah. But I do think that practical purposes is still okay. Y'all weigh in. For all practical purposes, you are really shepherding a community through this really hard time. So I want to talk about how you're handling that. And then I'd like for you to give all of us nervous Nellies some advice. Okay, so let's talk first about disease, illness, and let's like have you talk geek for a minute because it's so cute and then let's talk about you personally and then some advice is that good that's perfect okay so first what's a what's a pandemic doctor
1: Doctor? so a a pandemic is you can think of epidemic an epidemic is a uh, it's more disease than normal is really the way you can think about it and a pandemic is where that's occurring everywhere and so you know we have uh, you know SARS for example SARS one and MERS those were epidemics but those were not pandemics those did not those did not have a worldwide reach the way that uh, COVID nineteen mm-hmm. SARS CoV two uh, has and so it, it's the it's the extent of the disease it's its impact yeah. uh, worldwide that uh, that it's ravaging really
0: diverse communities yeah like right.
1: You know, and it's it's easy sometimes, right, to think that ah, you know, that's in China, right, and that's sure. different. You know, there's different infrastructure and things, and it's a foreign that, virus. Right? And even when it gets to Europe, you know, ah, well, that's it's Europe. I mean, yeah. they're whatever. We just come up with these rationalizations, justifications, and then New York, and it's like, oh wait, okay, well, mm-hmm. this is this is happening here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we see what's happening in New Orleans. We see what's happening. Uh, around New York and we see what's happening in uh, Detroit and uh, we know what's happening in in metropolitan areas uh, around us and in general uh, metropolitan areas are more densely populated and social distancing is more of a challenge and so it makes sense that that's where we see the virus more efficiently transmit Mm -hmm. and so that's why we see and remember Wuhan is a huge city and that's a huge it's a very densely populated area Mm -hmm. uh, where this started and so um, you know, but but the pandemic reach is, uh, I think, in many ways, uh, humbling. It, it, it's it's almost a reminder that we are all in one world, and that right. uh, as um, as as different as we think we are, we are all affected by the same sure. circumstances right now. Yeah. This is, um, you know, you hear unprecedented, you hear extraordinary, you hear these terms, and there's really no other. There's another no descriptor. Yeah, for what's it's like
0: happening. suffering is this great equalizer. Mm-hmm. We're all in yeah. to this together.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is this is a, a pandemic. Is suffering all around us, and uh, so you know it's it's interesting how uh, we learn about these things in medical school and in my public health school. You know, we would talk about pandemics, and you would you know, hear about the historical relevance of these, but to be living in
0: one is, is surreal. Well, to be living in one. At this time and how much we know it's, you know, I'm because everyone keeps comparing it to this 1918 flu. Right. But we didn't know much about what was going on. I mean, people literally thought that, you know, the planets were misaligned or something like people didn't know what was happening. And now with all of our scientific knowledge, I mean, we were able to like specify a genome and know that the animal host was probably a bat. I mean, you know, we know so much. We're able to see so much. So we haven't beaten this enemy, but we know a lot about it. What? How can you help us understand the difference between COVID-19 and the flu? Because what I'm hearing a lot online is it's a flu. It's, it's just like the flu. What's the problem? We have a lot of deaths with the flu also. Everybody calm down. Can you address that?
1: Well, there, there are, some, there are some, some similarities and some differences. And the similarity is that these are both viruses. They are both uh, transmitted similarly through respiratory droplets. Uh, the, the big differences here, though, are for this. It's, it's a beta uh, cor- uh, coronavirus, so it's a different type of a coronavirus than we typically see. And it's new to our population. And that is a game changer. Uh, when we have never seen this before, it runs rampant through our through the herd, so to speak. You hear about this herd, this herd immunity, mm-hmm. and uh, and so a a new or novel uh, virus will will do this. The same thing could happen for influenza. This is a, a still a concern, a concern for global health uh, experts that the that the flu could reassort to a to a form that we have never seen before mm-hmm. and it would have a similar effect. flu is deadly flu is, is is a deadly virus but we do get immunized it's not a perfect vaccination sure. but but it's enough to slow it right through the community Absolutely, yeah. and, and flu in especially in an elderly population that's not vaccinated and has not seen the flu before would 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 be devastating. And so these are the things that, that, that are different from influenza and from SARS-CoV-2 is really that the, the seasonal flu that we are used to now, and by the way, let's go back to 2009, H1N1, swine flu, that was a pandemic, that was a reassortment. And uh, so that flu that we saw that year had not been circulating uh, really in decades. You know, it was, uh, there was some, some small little Pockets of it in the nineteen seventies, but um, but there were there had been nothing that had widely circulated that way, and uh, and you will remember we were in we were in Rochester uh, in two thousand nine. I had just started my ID fellowship, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that was devastating. That was uh, to see young people coming in and and uh, and dying. Uh, I I'll never forget it, and mm-hmm. uh, that was um, that was quite an experience, and mm-hmm. it really opens your eyes to how vulnerable we are mm-hmm. so you know we, we the flu in, in in this coronavirus there are some similarities but but the seasonal flu and that's when people say it, this is like the flu there's no comparison the seasonal flu will will kill you know on a, if we're going to take numbers about about 0.1 percent this we're talking about uh this we're talking about a 0.6%, the most recent figures that I'm seeing come out, and these are figures that are trying to take get that denominator, that bottom number, mm-hmm. as, as big as it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and they're using data out of China right now to figure that out, yeah. as they're trying to repatriate folks from, from this Wuhan area. And allow Repatriate. To, to allow them out of quarantine. Okay. So you're locked in. They, they still uh, until this weekend. There was a complete lockdown. I don't know if a lot of people really recognize, understand this, but but there was nobody been coming in and out of Wuhan. Nobody. The only people who were 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 some uh, healthcare workers who were bused in to help with the this health. emergency. As by the way, we're doing right now. People are literally being bussed to New York and flown to New York as as we are sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. They're running the exact same issue in New York, but we have not locked down New York the way that Wuhan was locked down. Uh, this was up for debate and this was a discussion that that uh, the, the administration was having. Uh, they decided against that and that was the part of the press conference this week so that people understand that's what they were discussing mm-hmm. is do we do, do we lock this down?? Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a, a common trend in pandemics that the highly dense, the, the, the dense populated areas will disperse. We, we have this intuition that just, I'm around a lot of people, yeah. I'm getting it from people, yeah. so I need to get away from people. Yeah. And so it is that dispersion that then carries the virus with it. Right. And so, of course, what we see and what we see right here in Brazos County was the initial The vast majority of the initial cases we saw were travel-related cases. These are Mm -hmm. cases that came from a wide variety of of geographical uh, regions. And uh, then it came and it got here. And then since then, we have seen community spread. And that community spread means that people got it and had absolutely no travel, which means that there was somebody else who was here who gave it to them. And so that was a concern. And that is uh, when we started uh, taking broader steps for social distancing here mm-hmm. uh, earlier on when you have ones and twos and threes folks who come in and get uh COVID-19 or I should say bring COVID-19 with them from elsewhere. The goal is to identify them and isolate them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you know, have the COVID-19, you stay home for 14 days. And if that's being done uh, you know, very, um, if, if that's being implemented well, that is a very effective public health intervention, mm-hmm. um, and in, in fact, that's what they've been doing in Singapore. And you know, Singapore uh, was the second, as, as at one time, had the second most outside of China, uh, by, uh, second most uh, cases of COVID nineteen. And uh, you can see their curve. You compare the curve to everyone else's. I mean, that was a very effective public health intervention. But mm-hmm. they. I mean, they they mean business there. I yeah. mean, it's like you're 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 locked down. Like yeah. we're not we're not negotiating this. Mm-hmm. That, that's just what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, and that and that cultural milieu that, that right. works right and that and that's, that, that doesn't yeah. work all that well here. Right. So can and we talk about that?
0: Can we talk about the loss of liberty and weighing that against no. you know making these decisions and well, this is how difficult uh, that is. How
1: it affects our economy, which is worse. You know, this is uh, kind of public health, you know, and in, in the, the public health curriculum, uh, what you do public health law, is, is very interesting, and one of the concepts here is this police state. It's this idea of when is the greater good uh, trump the, the individual liberty? When does that happen and under what circumstances? And this has a legal precedent that, so we, we go and we say in this situation, yes, or in this situation, no. And in general, it holds, it, it holds a legal precedent, if you will, that a legal argument holds, that if an individual is uh, at, is risking, so if I have this COVID-19 and uh, I say I, I'm going to blatantly disregard the, the guidance from public health officials and I'm just going to go run amok and do my thing, that there is precedent, there is legal precedent to detain this individual for the greater good. And we just have to think about this. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, we, we talk about polarities, you know, you and I have been talking about that, right? Where do we have... There are times when the the greater good and there is a uh, an understanding that that certain liberties are taken too far and it doesn't help society in general. We have to all recognize that fact. Uh, on the other side, you know, we, we recognize that there can be a, an oppression of liberty that is also bad. So there, there is, in, in these certain situations, there, there has to be an appropriate balance. And, and I'm not here to say that I've got all that figured out. Mm-hmm. But, but I am here to say that in these circumstances, it, it is just reasonable that if we have something that is going to be harming others that we do our part, and uh, that's been a challenge, and, and it's been a challenge to uh, get the word out, to educate, especially, you know, we've seen all the news about young folks, and, you know, I was young once and made, made you know, very questionable decisions, so, I mean, it's, we feel invincible, and we do what we do, and we're like, what's the big deal, and blah, 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 and so, the, the, the problem with that is that that has definitely harmed our society, there is no doubt about it.
0: You know, you and I lived in Japan for three years, and I those were formative years for me because we were really for the first time, kind of dabbling in adulthood. You know, we were we had crossed borders, we were living on our own, we were in our young twenties, and it was it was just a time um, that I felt very fully alive. And so, I and I was making observations. I had never traveled like that before. I had never met such diverse people like that before. So it was a really significant time in my life, and one of my observations was just how communal the country is you know every decision is made based on is this good for the whole and so if you do something that makes yourself stand out or that is implicitly selfish you there is a negative there's Negative peer pressure for that. There's peer pressure for you to think about everyone. There are a million examples, and you and I could go into all of that. But mm-hmm. um, but if you want to get really anthropological about it, I mean, our country is really kind of founded on rebellion. You know, it's really mm-hmm. the American dream is making a name for yourself. It's sure. um, you know, it's really about the individual. What can you do? And so I can see how this is very difficult for our culture, which I love, <laughs> um, for people to you know to really heed. All of these um, instructions that really don't seem to be about them this isn't about me because i'm young um, because i don't feel bad um, because i can't see this i mean how much of it is asymptomatic you know and so we're, we don't have that you know that broad outlook that takes everything else into consideration besides ourselves
1: mm-hmm. yeah and, and you know it's interesting you know, think about do we take Japan? you know I lived in Japan. So Japan uh, geo, you know, land mass size about the size of California. And uh, I' haven't checked in a while, but I, I think at one time there was like it's like hundred and fifty million people live in Japan. I mean we should probably look it up. I, I might have just completely made that up. but the point is that it is a it is a, it, the, the population density is, is 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 off the charts compared to what we are used to. And interestingly, you know, Japan is very mountainous. It's these are volcanoes, and so it's essentially on just the the rim. If you look at a uh, a lit up map of at night of where the population lives in Japan, it is along the coast. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, isn't it, that in Japan right now, who you know, if, if you look at their curve, their curve is better than ours. They were closer to China. They were they were hit more quickly and with that population density, they've been able to, uh, to have a better maintenance of this curve. And uh, you know, you and I remember being back there watching them wear masks around, and yeah. we thought it was weird. We thought like, what, I mean, they're kinda, I did anyway. I thought, man, it's kinda like paranoid, I mean, you know. It's, you know. But um, <clears throat> I, I've learned from my friends who are, who are steeped in that culture that, that they're not doing that because of fear of getting something. Their fear is giving something, hmm. isn't that interesting? And and we know that that works. As a matter of fact, that's what we do. And, and patients who come in the hospital, they'll wear a mask. You know, here's here's your surgical mask. If you have it, just it's not like the N95 respiratory. It's just something that you put over your kind of hooks over your ears, and just it helps keep your secretions in. Mm-hmm. Is, is really what what you're doing there. And so that is one of the concerns of of the of the people is that I I don't want to I don't want to. I don't want to spread this. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, it, as it would be seen, you mentioned the pressure, it would be, it would be rude. It would be, if, mm-hmm. if, if I am coughing and sneezing in public, mm-hmm. and I am not doing something to protect my neighbor, yeah. then I would be socially pressured mm-hmm. to get in line. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you and I talked in, about that, and maybe you mentioned this in previous episodes, but you know, the, the idea that we'd see at the uh, a baggage claim. Right, this idea that <laughs> yeah. you know, in in, in in a in a Japanese Being airport. Being in a
0: Japanese airport yeah, is yeah, a little yeah, like heaven.
1: People kind. they stand behind the line and they wait yes. for their bag. They yes. go up and they grab it and then they come back behind the line Yeah, get their next piece of luggage and come back behind the line. There's nobody crowded up against the baggage claim. That would be so and, rude. And and you and I as, as Americans coming in there, we're like, Well, I mean this is oh wow Yeah we had to learn. Yeah. And they're like, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then when you land in in LA and you land in Seattle, you land yeah. in wherever uh-huh. you're like, Oh well, well, you're we're like, back wow. we're back to get there, <laughs> get there, get there. And and it, it and this is this is a microcosm of, of, yeah. of a larger principle here. Sure. Yeah. And as it pertains to this pandemic, there there are some uh, there there's some things we can learn, yeah. no doubt about it. Now, on the other hand, this this American ingenuity and and this this this, uh, this 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 drive is also something that is going to help us here. So, you know, this idea of what we're seeing right now, of cranking up, you know, GE and Ford working together to crank out ventilators. Sure, We've got yeah. folks at 3M coming together to kick out masks. We've got you know just this this absolute uh, pull ourselves up and yeah. just let's go do this. Yeah. Let's roll up our sleeves and do this. Yeah, and, and so, you know, it's really how can we get the best of both worlds right. you know, here yeah. is, is yeah. really what we're after. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and, and this will take an, an innovation. That's the only thing that's going to get us out of this is there, there needs to be some type of technological innovation here, whether it's a, a therapeutic, whether it's a, a vaccine whether it is uh, some type of rapid diagnostic that we can really identify folks and, mm-hmm. and with uh, an app, we can keep them where they are. I mean, it's, it's, gonna, take, it's gonna take something there. And we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very confident that we'll yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, I don't know when that will be. Mm-hmm. And when I get the question, when is this gonna be over? I, I guess the question I would say back is when is that gonna happen? When, when is that innovation right. gonna be there? Right. We got lots of irons in the fire right, right. now. One of them's gonna strike. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and it'll be a game changer, and the post COVID nineteen world mm-hmm. will be better because of that innovation, and yeah. and the post COVID nineteen world will be better because of uh, you know hopefully some of these things we can learn from our uh, from our neighbors you know across across the globe about yeah. uh,
0: about ways to do this. Um, can we talk numbers really quick? Some say people the numbers are inflated. Um, some say people. Some people say that the numbers um, are far too low. What's going on with testing? What are what are numbers looking like? Like how accurate are they? What do you think? Uh, they're
1: they're they're not accurate. The the numbers are, are are severely underestimating how many cases there are. And uh, there there's a couple reasons. For
0: underestimating. Underestimating. Not overestimating. Yeah, there are many more cases. We're getting false negatives. Yes,
1: um, so the, we're getting underreporting, really, is, is okay. the way we would say this. So, so if we're looking and underreporting
0: and false negatives.
1: Yeah, um, I, I shouldn't say underreporting. You're right. Underreporting would would mean that the, there are positives that aren't coming in. There's probably a little bit of that, um, but but really, it is um, it is. I guess the term would be underdiagnosing, and uh, the, you underdiagnose when you don't have a test for it that you can report the positive of. Okay. And so the idea here would be that I come to see the doctor, uh, I have COVID-19-like illness, I'm 25 years old, I've got the sniffles, uh, I've got a low-grade fever, and the doc's like, you know what, we don't have a lot of tests, and you've got it, go home, stay home. And I may or may not fax in something to the health department that says, hey, there's this you know, this you know, patient who... You know they're they're back home they're fine but you know I, I didn't send a test because we don't have very many tests and that person's going to be fine that person will will be fine that person's given educate you know is educated sure. if you yeah. develop, you know this 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 but yeah you're going to be fine and a test doesn't change anything and here's what you need to do that person doesn't get counted as a case okay yeah, right and so. Uh, if also, if also I'm sitting at home and I'm like, oh, what is it? Okay, fever and that. Okay. Oh, I've got that. But what what difference does it make? I mean, I'm fine. I'm not going to go in. Uh, I don't want to go around a lot of other people. I, uh, you know, I'm just not going to go see a doctor. I'm not going to go wait in line. Like, I know I got it. I'm just going to hopefully do my part, stay home and and uh, wait this out the way that I'm supposed to. That doesn't get counted. mm mm-hmm. Uh, say that I have such mild symptoms mm-hmm. that I don't even know anything is wrong. Sure.
0: Yeah. That's
1: not going to get counted. Right. So, so we know we don't know how to what magnitude uh, this this number underestimates the actual number of of infections. Uh, we will get a better idea of that when we get a serology, when we're mm-hmm. able to more accurately take blood from folks and say, did you were you exposed to this virus or not? That's when we get a much better appreciation for how much it's uh, affected, you know, a population. It's a very important uh, piece of information. You know, we we've been talking about here in the Brazos Valley of three hundred sixty thousand people. We need to know how many have actually seen this virus, and we really hope that there is conferred immunity that they that those who have seen the virus will not get it again. Mm-hmm. That's a hope. We don't know that to be the case, but we we hope that, and we have some 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 scientific
0: reason to hope that but so we're talking about reinfection reinfection and yeah. and we we don't have enough information to know we don't
1: there there's uh there's there's a little bit on there's there is some uh, right now where we're learning this most is in china because of this uh, repatriation that i was referring to earlier yeah. uh, that uh, they have been testing folks some folks who have been negative and then they test positive again Okay. Interestingly, though, of all of the people who have tested positive again, and again, they're doing this PCR swab, so they're they're checking for the virus, for nucleic material, the virus. That's the way these PCRs work. So it's not looking for an antibody that says they had it before. Oh, but okay. these are all all patients who had at one point tested positive, mm-hmm. then test negative, and now they're testing positive again. Gotcha. Okay. None of those who have tested positive again are having symptoms. Oh, okay. All right, so they are... They're still. There. They're like. I feel fine. The reason they're getting tested is because. Are we going to allow you to go back wherever you're? You know, to go back to repatriate. Sure. Yeah. Right. right. Are you safe to leave? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and. And that's why they're. That's why they're testing. So it's going to be interesting to know that. Really, ultimately, though, we're going to need serology. We're going to need antibody tests to to really determine that. And so. Uh, much, tests, much to know.
0: Tests getting better and becoming more available. Where are we yes testing? they
1: are. Um, the, the The issue though, like ventilators you know there we need to make more of them mm-hmm. and so um that there is a a exponential demand increase for this testing at one time there was zero demand for these tests, nobody knew what this was, and then there was the china issue, and so there began to a global demand for these and then or rather became a, a countrywide, a large countrywide demand. And then it moved to, you know, the Asian countries around there and then to Europe. And so you can see as this pandemic has spread, the demand for these testing and the supplies and the reagents yeah. and the kits and all of the things that, that that demand has just, yeah you know, I- increased beyond what, what anyone could have imagined. And so to, and we got to remember, I mean, all these things have to be made. Yeah. And folks aren't, you know, folks aren't able to work the way that we've been before. So there's also this kind of, you know, this issue of, of how productive we are, you know, globally. you know, we, we depend on China for a lot of goods and services and, and China's economy is down as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've been reading in the newspapers lately about, uh, and on social media, about uh, masks that were made in China that have shown up to other countries defective. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, things just aren't really running, you know, full speed right, right now. Right. And so, all of these things impact and, and you know, and, and the, this will be an interesting after action report one day, mm-hmm. you know, when, when this whole thing is done, you know, it, and it really, I think, shows you how, how much this virus can just impact things that you just never would have thought of.
0: Right.
1: And, um, and so that all gets back to your question about testing. Is that, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we're coming up with new ways of, of testing, testing this, testing that, and, and, and that's all great. But at the end of the day, we also need the supply there. And so, I, I, you know, I will say that um, I, I would, you know, and, and I mentioned this in, in our press conference earlier today, that there is a, um, we have not seen a, a, a local shortage in the ability to test who we need to test. So we need to test high-risk individuals. You know, we need to test healthcare workers. And uh, we have been able to test those folks, and so that's that's been good. And hopefully that that continues because it'll require a, a massive testing campaign to be able to get us out of this
0: mess. Mm-hmm. Um, conspiracy theories, what say you? Any in particular?
1: <laughs> I mean, was this made in J- the lab? JFK? I mean, I think. That <laughs> we, I mean, I don't know. And the mob he and the mob wasn't it something like that or something? Uh, i don't know the plan yeah, okay um I, I i mean about what china or what are we what is the i don't know uh, you know you know um this is uh you know there was one, this
0: made in the lab and right like, you know
1: um i don't know i mean you have to look at it this way i mean possibly shoot i don't know i don't mean, know if anybody knows right we You know, this is very possibly reassorted in an animal and uh, made its way to human. There's concern about bats. Bats have really kind of landed on the the theory of the day. Um, You know, biological warfare is is a real thing, and there is no doubt that people have interest in manipulating these. And, and, you know, I I can tell you a concern that I have is somebody sitting back and watching this thing right now and be like, oh, wow. That really works I mean now that's a bit frightening but um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me that um, you know if if China for example were doing this I mean they've they've big time been devastated by this thing right right I mean it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that that they would intentionally uh, do this and yeah. so I, I um, but I, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I don't know other conspiracy I know. I, theories. I, I so I mean, quickly dismiss yeah.
0: conspiracy theories that I, I honestly don't even know what they are. But yeah. I just, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, anyway. so, I mean, you know, we, we
1: when we don't have answers, and we don't have a lot of answers here, there's going to be, you know, conspiracies, theories, you could say, are alternate theories, right? I mean, we don't... There's there so much that we don't know right now, and we It's are, fun to speculate. We, we are a known species. <laughs> we feel better when we know. Sure. Even, even if we're wrong. If we have certainty... Oh,
0: absolutely. There's power in naming things. If we things. have
1: certainty, then we we don't have anxiety. Yeah. And so there's a lot of anxiety right yeah. now, and anxiety is going to lead to theories. Yeah. And everyone's going to kind of
0: come up with their it's theory. Yeah, it comes good. from their lens, and... Uh, <sighs> Well, let's yeah. can we shift to that then because the the mental health component of this is significant. I mean, people it's huge. um all the way around, yeah, I mean, you know, being separated from family during a really needy time, um there's no yeah. better time to cling to one another when it feels like the world is hanging by a thread um and so people are really suffering uh, with this social distance w- what are what are we doing here locally to? help people in mental health struggles. And when it comes to suffering, um, I think that we have a tendency to look at other people's suffering. So let's say that I'm home and lonely and don't have the support system that I'm used to having, um, but I know someone who is in a hospital and on a ventilator. And so all of a sudden, um, not only do I feel bad, but now I feel bad about feeling bad um, because I really don't have it all that bad. And so what I think an enemy would like us to do is isolate us in our bad feelings. I just lost my train of thought.
1: Well, we're not made to be alone. And even you, the introvert that you are, you know, you,
0: you-, you I was need, made to quarantine. Yeah,
1: yeah but, but you still like some people. I mean, you know, and and you know I mean? You-
0: I like people via text. I like to text them.
1: Yeah. We are, we are communal. It's a spectrum, obviously, right? But ultimately, we are, we are designed to be connected. We really, I mean, what is our chance against a cheetah alone, right? I mean, it's, it's really bad. Against nature alone, we just would lose. The, the reason why we have done so well as humans is because of our communal nature so it makes sense that we are just mm-hmm. communal mm-hmm. we're cooperative we enjoy that we yes. get we get yes. we get hormones from that right. we get right. we we feel good mm-hmm. you know about that mm-hmm. we get endorphins and yeah. dopamine all these things yeah. right that connect serotonin mm-hmm. and so there there are, are biologic principles here that are being right now tested mm-hmm. and uh, it is it is a challenge the screen time is not the same it yeah is right. the uh, as, as all of the senses of mm-hmm. connection, mm-hmm. you know, being stimulated. And yeah. so... Well, and
0: even touch, you know, something absolutely. Is, Yeah. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And, uh, and, and seeing, you know, the wrinkles in the as opposed mm-hmm. to on the screen. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there are things that we don't even recognize that sure. our brains pick up yeah. on one yeah. another and, and that. And ah. so that's being tested. And, mm-hmm. and, and we have to keep in mind, you know, and yes, what we're going through is tough. And... Uh, you know, I was just reading, you know, before, um, you know, tonight, I was just reading about um, in New York right now that literally they have uh, refrigerated trucks that are acting as temporary morgues. So people are dying without their loved ones around because they can't be there, visitation policies, etc. And are, are, their bodies are in semi-truck trailers with that are refrigerated that that's what's happening in this country right now our brothers and sisters in New York and that is unimaginable Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and this of course is what's happened in Italy uh, as well what happened in China I'm sure and and that is unimaginable you know and and so when we think like this is the flu like we never see that we see the flu every year right when we ever saw that right you know, even two thousand nine, yeah, you know, H one N, we didn't see that. Mm-hmm. This is different. Yeah. There there's something going on yeah. here that's yeah. different. And different requires a different response. Sure. We should yeah. and, we and should so this this, this is not gonna look the same mm-hmm. because this isn't the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I get it, that this is just, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean this is terrible. And what's terrible is you know, and, and is that well we're we're doing things that are unnecessary. You know, we talk about the bell curve. Sixty percent of the people right in the middle think that you're you're doing the right things, what we need to do. Twenty percent feel like, no, 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 you guys aren't doing enough. We need everything locked down all around the world. And then another 20 percent say, you're doing too much. Like this is, you know, you're you're killing the economy for a couple, you know, folks in in nursing homes who are going to die anyway. You know, so you see this right on the other side. And uh, what I would say to those, you know, over here on the side is that, you know, prevention's not sexy. You know, when, when we prevent things, you know, it, it, it's not, nobody knows, right? And so uh, when you bend a curve, you don't know what it would have looked like had that curve continued to 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 skyrocket. Sure. And um, and we can always just say it was bad data and la, 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 and whatever, because at the end of the day, these are all forecasts. Uh, but it, it's clear what's happening around us, and it's clear that we need to act. And I don't think there's any rational person who would look at what's happening and in that decision about if I have to save lives or not mm-hmm. would say, well, let's just see what happens. Let's we'll just right, keep everything right, rocking and rolling right. and then let's just see what happens. Yeah. That's, that's a really hard call to make.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, to be fair, I, I think, you know, a lot of individuals on this side are saying, but do we really need to shut everything down? Mm-hmm. And, and to, to them, I'd say, right now, yeah, we have to because we don't have the technology to do something different.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I hear you. Mm-hmm. I, we could be smarter about this, but we needed to be smarter about five years ago.
0: Okay.
1: You know, we needed to be smarter before this. And we'll be smarter post-COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Post-COVID-19, will look better.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. But, but when we have these rapid diagnostics, we have this ability to, you yeah. know, a better infrastructure, really to keep folks where they belong and to protect the vulnerable. Now, we have to remember that those taking care of the vulnerable are the young and healthy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's how it gets there. You know, that's how this virus gets to the vulnerable. And we can't just keep the vulnerable locked in some room where they're not getting food or fed or they're not cleaning the area, whatever. I mean, so, so we interact. Vulnerable and, and the, 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 the young and healthy, if you will, are going to have to interact. And, uh, you know, we, this is what I was talking about earlier about technological innovations. And that's what this will require, and that's what we'll have post COVID nineteen, and that's what they're asking for right now. Yeah. And that's it's a reasonable ask. It's just that we don't have it now. Mm-hmm. And so, since we don't have it now, we got to save lives now. Right. And uh, and while we're saving those lives, you know, those folks over there with that with that energy, let's do it. I mean, you you innovate. Let's go. You know, let's let's get this stuff going. And there are folks who are doing that, and that's the American way. Mm-hmm. And that that's as what's you're talking, be.
0: I'm reminded of nine eleven. You know, there's. There's a pre-9-11 and there's a post-9-11. Oh, yeah. I mean, it changed so oh, yeah. much of how we do things, oh, yeah. you know, how we travel. Um, and so I think that, you know, we started this kind of segment off talking about about mental health and, um, and you know, kind of how we're all coping. And I think that it's really normal um, to look at the way things are shifting and changing and then have responses to that. I mean, you're talking about things are going to be different, not just now, but perhaps forever. Oh, yeah. No I mean, doubt. This, this is no doubt. This yeah. is really I mean, affecting is... the way that we live. Yeah. Um, not to mention the everyday stressors of every dish you own being in the sink at one time. Mm-hmm. And um, all the together time of the people that you love the most and yet, you know, are just trying desperately to have some alone time from um so there's you know there's the uh the short term pressures and then there's kind of the far sighted stuff that and so the combination of all of those things is is making people feel things and that's not insignificant just because you're not on a ventilator I remembered what I wanted to say earlier which is that I think you know it's really kindness and compassion that makes us kind of weigh am, am I allowed to suffer right now am I allowed to have these feelings it's really kindness for our neighbor that that makes us ask that question and so an enemy, the jerk that he is, will even use our kindness against us in a way to keep us from talking about it, to keep us um, from exploring it, from leaning in, from mm-hmm. getting help—all mm-hmm. of all of those things. What are we doing to help people?
1: Well, uh, you know, I mean, we—it's you know, interesting. Uh, the. You asked you know, earlier on, what you know, how am I doing with this and, 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 and those things. And, and this segues into your question. Um, I, I don't know how I got here is how I feel. You know, I don't know how this, this happened. It's a surreal, it's like a dream perhaps. Um, there are days that are, are very depressing and very fatiguing. There are days that are uplifting through this and that are inspirational mm-hmm. and that give me energy. Mm-hmm. And one of those things that has given me energy through this and inspired me through this is the willingness of people to roll up their sleeves. How can I help? And it's amazing how many people have just sent me texts or emails or just, is there anything I can do? Anything Mm -hmm. I can do. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, it's interesting how many from the faith community have approached me Mm -hmm. that way. Uh, the uh, from the mental health community have approached me to say, "What can I be doing right now?" Recognizing the suffering in our brothers and sisters, and that's that 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 lifted me up. And so, the way that we can uh, channel that generosity is through setting up a, a hotline, setting up a, a way that folks can call in and get help this way. Talk to someone local, right? mm-hmm. somebody who is. You know, lives lives here in Bryan College Station. Understands uh, what we're going through here, and um, so so that's been a wonderful uh, and a fun project. That's been one of the most fun fun ones we've been able to, to do so far. So I'm hoping that we can get that rolled out here this week, uh, next at the latest.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, this is a long haul. You know, this is this is going to be. Uh, we're going to be dealing with this virus really until that technologic. Uh, as I mentioned, that, that innovation yeah. occurs, and yeah. that may be months, that may be a year, maybe a vaccine. You know, the first vaccine might not work. You know, we have to keep right. that in mind. You right. know, and it may maybe there might be some safety issues with it. You know, and so that's why we've got to test it appropriately. You know, yeah. coming up with a vaccine is not the hard part; it's it's determining that it's safe mm-hmm. is is the hard part. And so uh, all that needs to be done appropriately, and uh, all that time that we're waiting here is suffering. Yeah, it's uncertainty. Yeah. And it's it's economically devastating, yeah. and uh, all the things. Yeah, this is just the, there's no good answer here unless we come together. Yeah, unless we find each we other. We might be
0: experiencing it at different degrees, but we are all experiencing it. No doubt. Yeah, and I have really found um, I, I have I have discovered that in the good days and bad days that you mentioned that you're having, um, I vacillate between. This is kind of the best thing ever. I feel like I'm camping out with my kids minus the bugs and smoky hair. You know, this is, I'm going to just show them the movie. Girls don't want to have fun. And um, we're going to bake things. I don't bake, but I do now. And, you know, this is great. I either vacillate to this is heaven on earth to (laughs) this is the most terrible thing ever. This is completely um, desolation. Um, Apocalypse, worst-case scenario after worst-case scenario. And there seems to not be much in between. And in those bad days, without fail, I have found someone who's having a heaven-on-earth day. And we just just draw energy from each other. This is the energy I need right now, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we are better together. We keep saying it over and over and over. We're in this together and so we can draw on the people having a good day and the people that are having a good day or the people that paychecks their paychecks aren't being affected as much. We are in this together. We need each other so desperately.
1: Yeah. And what, there's a, you know, we can look to our ancestors. You know, we can look to so many before us who have struggled as a people. I mean, there's so many biblical uh, references the exile and the Uh, in in own american times, wartime, and uh, the Great Depression, and um, on and on, I mean, all the way through history. And so we're we're built for this in so many ways. We're we're more resilient than we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And this is a new challenge in so many ways. Uh, that uh, it's it's a time when we need to be together, but we need to be apart, and uh, <laughs> yeah. that that's luckily not for we're us,
0: creative, right?
1: But, but we're creative, yeah. and uh, we we're smarter than this virus, and we uh, will overcome.
0: Yeah,
1: and it'll require uh, it'll it'll require each one of us uh, doing our part and and bringing what it is that we bring.
0: Before we sign off, I would love um, to compliment you. This could make me ball, actually, all of a sudden. Sorry. <laughs> you have done such an amazing job. Um, you work really, really hard.
1: And I s- make me ball. I know.
0: <laughs> you're working really, really hard, and you're doing a really great job. And it's not easy because you're walking a really fine line between keeping people optimistic but um, letting people know how serious this is. And you're such a gifted communicator, and I'm really, really proud of you.
1: Well, I uh, could not be doing any of this without you, and I mean any of it. You are my best critic, <laughs> and uh, you are the voice I listen to. You are the fabric of this home, and without everything that you do, none of this would be happening. I couldn't focus on what I'm doing. I couldn't. I, I, I would be lost. And because you have been so supportive, uh, I have been able to focus, and I have been able to be present in what needs to be done, and not be distracted by, you know, what's going on at home and, and what's going on with the kids, and, and are how, you know are you doing okay? And you have just stepped up to to another level that's allowed me to step up, and uh, this is why. Together, we are better. Thank you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> I mean, I don't know when the next pandemic is. It might be like 100 years. From now. <laughs> I don't know if we'll like, make it to 143, but, you know. <laughs> if I do, I'll come back on and talk to you.
0: Bye, boyfriend.
1: With my false teeth. <clears throat> <laughs>
0: Dear God, we know that through prayer you can speak to us. You can work miracles for your glory. So we come to you completely surrendered and expectant that you are listening and that you care deeply and that you are drawing near. Please speak hope and life into all of our situations, wherever we are, as we endure COVID-19 together. God, you know us so well. You created us. You know the numbers of hairs on our heads. You know our thoughts before we think them. And you've told us to come to you and ask for every need of life. You are the God who heals. So we come to you today as your children longing to hear from you and asking for your divine healing, whether it be anxiety or infection, boredom, loneliness, grief, whatever it is, God, with one word you can make us whole. There's so much that we don't understand about life. We don't always know what your will is. Especially times like now when we feel confused and afraid. During trying times, it's easy to doubt your sovereignty or even your goodness. And for that, we repent, God. We are so grateful for your mercy. You understand our tendencies and you meet them with compassion. Help us to lean in, God, to the parts of your character that we know for certain during confusing times. God, please lift up the team of healthcare providers right now. Give them wisdom and guidance and strength and stamina to do their very best. You are the great physician. Help them to lean on you and follow your guide. And please protect them from infection as they serve. Lord, please comfort the sick and bind the wounds of the brokenhearted. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And for this episode, a special thank you to Dr. and boyfriend, Seth Sullivan. Thank you to Pamela Anthony Cutright and Chen Redfield for music. Center St. Sister now has a Patreon page. Please consider supporting Center St. Sister by searching for Allison Sullivan on Patreon.com. Many episodes are now only available for patrons. Send us your questions at centersaintsister at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Allison M. Sully. Don't forget to review, like, and subscribe and tune in next week.